Dear far from here, you depict an adventure. I enter you through clouds, clouds hovering, clouds in slow motion. Later from underneath, I they see the shadow of these same clouds run across the earth. Depict a vast area of country with a miraculous level of detail, flying above and moving below. But the figures of this landscape are not seen and not heard. What you show me is simultaneously expansive and restricted. I look at it, not from inside, but outside. I am not of your place, this place you show me. I'm an outsider. Country is given a language through broad sweeping vistas, but also the ghosts of dusty chairs and tables. You give me your own temple territory, and I see you do things with time that I cannot do. I am a voyeur on this adventure. You tell me about your buildings, machines in sheds, moving gears, oscillating motors, spinning turbines, unused speakers, revolving fans, assembled tents, great halls of manila pipes and tunnels, tinged with red. These desolate, abandoned structures look like apocalyptic film sets. They dominate much of your projected view and are so incongruous with their environment that I think they must be symbolic of something. What are you trying to tell me? I want to try and decode this symbolic significance in a precise way. I want to look at each object you've depicted. The empty meeting rooms, the rows of portable houses and offices, the stale beds with mattress protectors, the dirty desktops, these quietly violent scenes of abandon. But perhaps this is not necessary. Perhaps all these objects in all these spaces are meaningless. Meaningless in comparison to the broader picture of colonial use and abuse desertion you depict. There is a strong metaphysical or spiritual dimension to what you present, to your story, that incongruous buildings, the objects not of the landscape, the aliens that sit within. There is something otherworldly afoot. But I also don't want to fetishize what you show me. I'm so wary of treating you as the magical other. But these buildings grow out of this otherworldliness. The benign but dominating structures at odds with the pulse of the landscape. Why are they here? Why are they here rather than not? When and where are they from? When was this time of place and meeting? I think of Heidegger and his question, why is there something rather than nothing? Do you want to insert a discussion of time back into this space, like Heidegger wanted to reinsert a discussion of time back into philosophy? Insert time back into the discussion of being. So is this what you want me to see? Not just this moment, but many moments. Am I to evoke a list of moments from this space? Why else would you show me these images of decay? I think about the temporality of my being, and just as Heidegger, the great philosopher of time, could not come to terms with his times, could not stand up to his times, I sit here within you who depict something so far away, simultaneously far and near, far from here. Within your scanning of the earth, the reds, yellows, brown, the dry, muddy green scrub, sitting here in the middle of a metropolis, a four-screen projection, I think of your presented junction and slippage. So what are you trying to tell me? Are you trying to restore an ethical ground in the wake of these ruins? I watch, feeling complicit to some kind of erasure. There is something on my hands as I watch you. Perhaps this is just me. I have a tendency to see the world within the prism of colonization, in the terms of brutality, in the language of victor and victim. After all, I, who am here, am part of a lineage of brutality. I treat you as the other. Your sound spooks me. 
I imagine science fiction epics being filmed here. Horror flicks about isolation. The radio plays on, flickering in and out of reception. It says something about colonialist literature. You're definitely trying to tell me something. I try to come to grips with the lonely scenes you depict and how they evoke grand paintings, heroic settler paintings, treating the Australian landscape as a great barren void and nothingness to be feared. I project these illusions, illusions that are symbolic of power, symbolic of empire. I am reminded of Percy Shelley's Ozymandias ruins, Ozymandias who surveyed his realm from the top of a hill, looking down upon his works, surveying his empire. Shelley describes him thus. I met a traveller from an antique land who said, two vast and trunkless legs of stone stand in the desert. Near them, on the sand, half sunk, a shattered visage lies, whose frown and wrinkled lip and sneer of cold command tell that its sculptor, well whose passions read, which yet survive, stamped on those lifeless things, the hand that mocked them and the heart that fed. And on the pedestal these words appear, My name is Ozymandias, King of Kings. Look on my works, ye mighty and despair. Nothing beside remains round the decay of that colossal wreck, boundless and bare, the lone and level sands stretch far away. Ozymandias gestures, look on my works, ye mighty and despair, but his works are covered up, defaced and broken. Is that what has happened here, this scene in ruin? Ozymandias the mining company in the midst of falling, gradual in its demise. I think about how you present this subcurrent of power and the uselessness of this kind of intervention into the landscape, and what you say about the limits to the efficacy of those efforts, the limits of death and decay. You depict an emphatic ambiguous ending of domination, or at least attempts at domination, attempts to overrun. Is what is happening here just part of the attrition of life, or something more sinister? Perhaps this ruin is to be celebrated, perhaps it's not a ruin at all. I need to resist scrutinising these details under such a prison. I need to stop rejecting my own assumptions and prejudices. Should I relent to not knowing? Should I find the inexplicability at the centre of my imagination? Who is your story for? Does anyone respond to my gaze? Is there agency within your picture? I feel as though there is something being spoken to someone who is present but does not respond. Where are these people? This feeling escalates. A litany of repetition, a repetition of emptiness, a continuation of empty refrains. But again, this is an emptiness I project. I have come to this space, an alien. I take this picture you have given me and examine it from this dark room to see what it means to me. I watch as someone who does not experience struggle, does not know struggle, does not know the experience of having someone else dictate your existence. I try to see what kind of impact this space and this decay has on your lives and your thoughts. I try to process the eerie silence around this event you show me. But I don't really have a language outside the colonial. I rely on you for description, the words, the language, to start to make the philosophical encounters with this event to try to come to terms with the event, with the action that has taken place. I need to recognise that this does not start with me, and what I can know or do not know. I shouldn't stand here in this dark room and work out if there are other people and what they know. 
Your stories pull me out of this atomistic worldview. I need to recognize what you depict. The other, this other, precedes me, and I am called into being through it. I speak here not of the other presented by colonization or orientalism, but of Emmanuel Levinas's other. The other with a capital O. The other as an abstract, generalized not me, that calls me into being. The otherness you present calls me. The other that extracts out from any given relationship, whether near or far, or simply far from here. Of course, Levinas's other is always human, another phase. But I believe too that various things can be other. The weather, the storm of your clouds, the energetic movement of them within the landscape and surroundings. Within the weather I can see and I can read a malignancy that is other. I am trying to understand how these spaces, these empty rooms have come into being, what is brought into being, not what is contained already, but how it comes into being through this relationship between the two of us, what is brought into being. And through this I recognise that there is no category of being, of suffering that is more important than others. And suddenly I have a new desire for the other, not for physical satisfaction, a desire that cannot be satisfied through the tactile, but an abstraction that never actually sees flesh and blood. You are my other. You call out to me. You call me into relationship. By entering into relationship, we open ourselves to more call, become more entangled, enmeshed. There is a recursive looping of encounter, which brings us face to face with the other, with encounter. In the abstract way, the call precedes us. This video, this call. My relationship to you, the other, is enacted through language, through conversation. And conversation happens here in this space, within these projected screens. You call me, and so I hear. You have a face that commands my attention, and so I see. You reach out to me with a caress. You envelop me within you, a physical encounter, and so I feel. The metaphor of encounter that you present is so profound. I'm torn between wanting to abstract you and wanting to embody you. I don't want to abstract your encounters, but I also want to keep them intact and as a caress. I see your unguarded face, your naked face, the nakedness of your vulnerability to suffering. You, this landscape that has been punctured and my responsibility, my responsibility to you. My awareness now of your suffering. This is what constitutes ethics, an ethics which is simultaneously theoretical and abstract, but with moments of concrete guidance. How do we decolonize? How do we get rid of this invasion? Thanks to you, I have this sense of our ongoing responsibility to not be indifferent to the suffering of the other. I think about how I should distinguish between guilt and responsibility. Responsibility exceeds all guilt. It exceeds all my own actions. Responsibility is there for you, the other, irrespective of what I have done. Responsibility concerns social issues and social welfare issues that face us here and now, or the justice and social issues we face today. I feel like I am getting somewhere now, but I'm also wary of the hierarchical dualisms of Western thought. So if the colonizer is the dominant signifier and the colonized space the other, what is depicted by the other. In the hierarchical dualisms of Western thought of that which is constituted by the other, an empty space, is the colonized just an empty image of the colonizer? Is it you that has presented me with this emptiness, or is it only my projection? 
I want to recognize you in the specificity of your being. I want to look at you and recognize you. I want to see more than empty space. I see now you are not empty. I come back to the concrete. You give me these tools. I think about your landscape, the animals, plants, ecosystems, the living world you show me. The animals call to me. The plants call to us. The dust calls to me. I see the expression of the living world when I didn't before. You engage me with your story. Animals, plants, objects are not outside of Logos, outside of human rationality. What is the convalescence of clouds, if not language? What is the howl of wind, if not communication? I'll always treasure this, your story, and I promise to come to you someday so we both may look upon each other, and through this shared looking, hopefully we may come to know each other. Yours always, Camel. This fictional letter is part of the Ships in the Night project and has been written in response to Far From Here, a project by Claire Robinson at the Meat Market in North Melbourne from the 12th until the 22nd of May as part of Next Wave Festival 2016. It is written, edited and produced by Kelly Fleetner and spoken by Robert Wood. Ships in the Night has been developed for the Next Wave Festival 2016 and assisted by the Australian Government through the Australia Council, its arts funding and advisory body and the Margaret Lawrence Bequest. Ships in the Night is part of an ongoing project called On the Beach, a podcast that among many other things is interested in the intersection of contemporary art practice and fiction. On the Beach is supported by the Victorian government through Creative Victoria. The Ships in the Night website has been designed and developed by Ron McNaught and this music has been produced by Ron Koo.